Squadcast, the Tag Digital Podcast. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hello and welcome back to another instalment of the Tag Digital Squadcast. Today we have a very exciting guest on the podcast, John Loomer. For anyone who doesn't know, John is one of the world's leading Facebook ads experts and runs a hugely successful blog. He is also the founder of the Power Hitters Club, an exclusive community for Facebook marketers to share, learn and help one another. It was an absolute pleasure having John on the podcast and we hope you enjoy our conversation. Thanks for joining us today, John. Um, It's really, really excited to have you on the podcast uh, with us. I know Johnny is quite a big fan, so, um, and as am I, but. Yeah, yeah, I think, so I've been doing this for nearly five years now, so not that long uh, when compared to you, but I know when I first started, it was um, straight to johnloomer.com and that's where I learned a lot of stuff. So yeah, this is uh, great, great having you on. I appreciate that. Now it's good good to be doing this. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, so I don't know if you've listened to our podcast before, but what we tend to do is uh, um, hit some of our guests with some kind of quick fire questions that are probably unrelated to PPC, but we just like to kind of set the tone um, early. So if you're up for it, we, we've got four or five quick fire questions for you. Okay. Cool. So the, the first one is basketball or baseball? Oh, baseball. I thought that yeah. might be the answer. Uh, number two, <laughs> Facebook or TikTok? I mean, it depends on what for. I think it depends. Uh, but obviously, you know, my thing has been Facebook for a long time. So I got to say Facebook, I guess. Great. And um, next one was put in by Johnny. Auction or reach and frequency? Auction. Cool. Nice and short. Yeah, same answer from me as well. Um, <laughs> n- number four. Blogging or podcasting? Blogging. Nice. And last one is probably more related to kind of what we do here at TAG. So in-person or virtual events? Oh, uh, virtual for me. Uh, I, only because I'm more of an introvert and I don't need all that that anxiety of in-person stuff. Yeah. So great. Um, thanks for your quickfire answers. Um, so before we kind of get stuck into the kind of content of what we want to cover today, I thought it'd be great just if you could tell us a bit about yourself. Um, we know you have quite an interesting business journey, so it'd be great to kind of hear a bit more about that from yourself. Yeah, so I, I started my website um, more than 11 years ago. Um, I've been fo- focused primarily on Facebook ads education and more specifically advanced Facebook ads education. So it's not really necessarily the best place to go if you're getting started for the first time and you don't know how to create an ad, don't know how to set up an ad account. Like you've already been running ads and you're just looking to to take that next step. Um, And so, yeah, I've been through a little bit of everything uh, because of that. You know, we've we've been through a lot of cycles uh, with social media and online business over the last 11 years. And I, I feel like I've seen it all. But uh, I, I'm able to draw on just a lot of experiences because, I mean, I've, I have exposure to Facebook since 2007 when I was with the NBA and uh, we partnered with Facebook. So that was when there were 50 million people on the platform. Uh, so using it from a business perspective back then, 
you know, all the way till now and seeing all those changes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've had to try to change as well. So I'm trying to get with the times with all the short form video and whatnot. Uh, but uh, and kind of sticking with that Facebook advertising thing. Yeah, that's great. Um, it's kind of cool to hear your kind of where you've come from as well. Like, obviously, I'm quite a big basketball fan, so it's quite cool to hear uh, kind of all the work yeah. you've done with the NBA. But in terms of kind of what, what are you up to at the moment, I guess, is, is probably quite a good question to ask. So right now, I'm I'm trying to kind of re, I don't say reboot my business, but, you know, for the last 11 years, I was so focused on um, finding a process that worked uh, to, you know, kind of ride that uh, if, and uh, to, to spend less time working and more time with my family, more time coaching my kids uh, as they were growing up. Um, but, you know, really realizing over the last few years that the result of that is I didn't really change a lot because you, you basically find what works for you is what happened for me. And I was like, whatever, it's the software, you know, blogging, uh, doing webinars and membership, all this kind of stuff, kind of found what, what was going to work with, for me. And I just tried to, to stick with that. But over time, realizing I needed to evolve, I was really resistant to video. Um, thought I could, you know, survive without it. Um, I, I wrapped up my baseball coaching career this last summer when my youngest has now gone on to, to high school. And uh, it's uh, found it's time to, you know, kind of reassess. So I'm jumping straight into all the video stuff that I just refused to do before. So just a lot of uh, TikTok. It, it, I mean, it's the stuff I made fun of probably just three months ago. You know, TikTok and Reels, and that's leading to YouTube Shorts, and um, it's been tr quite a journey. It's I, I kind of see it as the next phase. It, it's it's been funny because it's not only the next phase of my business, but it's like the next phase of my life. With you know, my two oldest kids going on to college, my my youngest in high school, and I'm not coaching anymore. And it's just it's kind of exciting. Yeah, no, that that sounds super exciting. I think Johnny and I can probably both relate to that as well. Just probably not been working in the platforms as long as you but we've been working long enough where we we probably were in the kind of resistant resistance camp as well for a while when it came to to video um but now kind of as a as a, a business as well tag digital we're trying to embrace video as much as we can we are kind of offering that as a, a service an additional service that we can provide we can actually create videos as well so we've i guess we've kind of come kind of full circle as well in terms of just that's we've kind of I realise that that is a kind of way forward as well. Yeah, like I think I've I've probably still got some of the resistance towards things like TikTok and um, Instagram Reels and things like that. What was it about kind of those plat? Was it those platforms being successful that have made you think right? I really need to jump into them, or was it just was it a, a technical curiosity? You know, I think it was a combination of things. I there was a, a member of my team who kept you know, trying to get me to do some, some videos, uh, some short form videos. And it was always just really difficult for me because like, I didn't, I just didn't know where to start with the stuff. Like, um, you know, what's valuable, you know, what's not for this, for this format. But, you know, it's also kind of, it was realizing that 
the old method that I've been clinging on to just wasn't good enough anymore. You know, so, you know, okay, I'll write a blog post once a week or so, share it to my, 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 you know, Facebook and wherever else and, you know, drive traffic and build my email list and drive revenue. And that just wasn't nearly as effective as it used to be. Um, and so it's a matter of like, okay, I got to at least try this. And I also started seeing, you know, some opportunity because like when, once I got into TikTok and trying to find people who, okay, who are the people who are, you know, the Facebook um, education folks on, on the platform, there just didn't seem to be a whole lot uh, from what I could tell. Maybe you guys have seen more, but I felt like there's an opportunity there. Uh, there was an opening. Um, but it was really, you know, once I started creating stuff and getting more comfortable and then starting not only, you know, okay, not only using TikTok, but using that format and publishing to Instagram Reels and Facebook Reels. I think once you start doing that consistently for a month or so, what I saw is all of a sudden I started getting a lot of comments from people, um, first of all, saying, I haven't seen you in years. You know, kind of like, where have you been? I mean, I hadn't gone anywhere, which was kind of frustrating. Um, but... The other thing is you you make this emotional connection with people that you can't really make through the written word. And um, I was just just seeing, so, so kind of the more I was creating this video, the more I became hooked on it, realizing that, man, there's lots of benefits in this. I kind of have to change, you know, uh, my goals and my perception of marketing a little bit with it because I'm so used to, okay, I'm sharing this blog post. Like even though the blog post isn't promotional, I could still track how many people go to my website uh, from that. And I and also know like I can follow a little bit like what people do when they're on my website after they've been referred from Facebook and read a blog post and whatnot. Do they subscribe to my email list and, and et cetera. Well, I really had to change that way of thinking, which is one of the things that kept me from doing video in the first place. It's like, it's just so hard to measure. If what you're trying to do is provide value on video, there's no reason for them to go to your website. Well, you know, it's just, it's really difficult to measure that. Like you shouldn't be providing constant CTAs. I mean, that's kind of what I'm learning there. People want to stay within that app. So what I'm seeing though, is like the secondary value of it because, you know, People have been signing up for things and then telling me I'm here because of these videos, right? And it's just, it's things that's really difficult to measure. Um, it kind of challenges the way you look at marketing. Um, but it's been, I mean, it's only been, uh, what, two and a half months. It's been a fun journey so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you say that, so things like Power Hitters Club, are you seeing a big, influx of people coming in from your video content and things like that um a, a different type of audience i wouldn't say it's a different it's interesting because well i'm definitely seeing uh, new people sign up um so there are two groups of people honestly who've been signing up it's the people who've been booking one-on-ones with me and people who've been signing up for my power readers club but it seems what's funny is a lot of these people i would say maybe 80 percent are those who are who have been on my list for a long time, uh, maybe even bought something from me like eight years ago. Um, and then because of the videos, they're seeing me again. 
So, and it makes sense uh, when you think about it because it's like these are people who have been following, you know, my Facebook page, but maybe just haven't seen me in four or five years, you know? And so they haven't thought about buying anything. And all of a sudden now they're seeing me on a day. It could be on a daily basis because I'm publishing usually, you know, about two reels uh, per day. Um, and it's, it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, obviously whilst we're on the, the kind of topic of TikTok, I think it's, it's great hearing kind of your journey so far with that. I think it's definitely a platform that we are kind of just getting our kind of feet, feet on the ground with, um, yeah. as a, as an agency, I'd be quite keen for somebody that has a bit more experience in it, um, or a bit further along that journey than us. What, what are your kind of main predictions for that platform for 2023, if you have any? <laughs> I'm not real good at the predictions, but um, I mean, I think generally, you know, if, I think what's really good about if you get involved in TikTok, it's not so much about, hey, let's make sure to to dominate this platform. If, if there was a unique um, format for TikTok that you couldn't apply anywhere else, I don't know that I'd invest my time in it. Um, so what's really nice is that it's almost like, it's not just TikTok. It's like these, all these networks almost combined together because they're all that nine by 16. Like, I understand that like if you're on reels on Instagram and you're on TikTok, that maybe you should take a different approach. I'm not, I'm, I'm using the same videos for all of them, but, um, I think just generally we're heading in this direction, whether it's TikTok or reels or uh, YouTube shorts. Um, I think even Pinterest has something. Um, so if you're not getting involved in that, I think you're going to just get left further and further behind is really what we're seeing. I mean, I don't know if that's much of a prediction is like, uh, begging people that it's time <laughs> you need to get involved. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How do you feel that TikTok will kind of fare alongside things like YouTube, like having shorts and Instagram having reels. Do you think there's a place for TikTok to still exist in that space kind of organically? Maybe if their monetization stuff isn't on the same level as what Google want to do with shorts or, or kind of Facebook with reels and things like that. Do you think TikTok will stick around? Is it here for good now? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, the question that we all have to be worried about in the U.S. is, you know, there, there's been talk about whether it would be banned in the U.S. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so that's, that's the one thing. But I do think there's something powerful about a platform that knows what it's for, right? So Facebook is, tries to be a little bit of everything. Uh, Instagram used to be for one thing, which was photos. And now it's photos and, and videos. I mean, YouTube, while it's just for videos, you've got the long form, you've got the short form, you're talking podcasts, you got just a little bit of everything there too. I think there's a place for TikTok because they're just so focused. So they could just focus on this format only. Um, they're getting really good at search as well. I mean, that seems to be one of the top places to go now in order to find quick answers to something which you can't ignore as a business. Um, so I, I don't see, other than uh, governments getting involved, I don't see TikTok 
going anywhere because I think they've kind of got the, I'm going to say the market cornered, but they're definitely the, the top dog when it comes to this, this type of format. Cause that's all that they do. Yeah, for sure. And have you spent much time with the ad platform or has it been more exploring it organically at the minute? I'm sorry, uh, which platform? Uh, the ad platform, like TikTok's uh, ad platform. Oh, the ad platform. I'm sorry. Yes. So I did. Uh, so I, I am advertising on, on TikTok. And the the one interesting thing about it, like if for anyone who's advertised on Facebook, is that, you know, I was resistant, once again, just getting into the advertising on TikTok. is like, oh, so, something completely new. I just don't want to learn something new. And you get into TikTok Ads Manager. First of all, it's called TikTok Ads Manager. Um, almost all the terminology, just about everything is like a carbon copy of Facebook. Um, so if you've ever advertised within Facebook ads manager, you know how to advertise within TikTok. I mean, there, there's some minor quirks in there, um, differences, but I mean, just the campaign setup, you've got like the, they've got seven objectives, I think. Um, can choose campaign budget optimization, split testing, campaign budget. Like these are all things that you see when setting up the Facebook campaign. It's crazy, and uh, so the only thing is you like you shouldn't be looking at oh I'm going to take this Facebook ad that works really well I'm going to put it on TikTok. These platforms are very different, um, and really what you should expect I would say in terms of conversions and things like that very are probably very different, but um the learning curve should be super short like it's it's yeah i'm using it i'm not like deep into it like in terms of conversions and what th there's some limitations as well like uh i love to do some micro targeting stuff every once in a while like i'm i'm trying to teach myself to go broad more often than i used to but i love to do stuff like remarketing to people who are are my most engaged like on my website or on videos or whatever. And so I would, a lot of times I use reach campaigns for that. But the problem is on TikTok, you've got a minimum audience size of a thousand or you just can't target them. Um, and in addition to that, like I love website custom audiences. Well, TikTok, the, when you have the pixel on your website, the audiences only build off of referred traffic from TikTok. That's a huge limitation because <laughs> like not a lot of traffic is coming from TikTok uh, to, to my website. So um, if I'm if I'm looking to remarket, it's pretty much a worthless tool to me right now, unless I honestly just dedicate a whole bunch of money to driving traffic to my site with ads because they're not they're not getting there from TikTok otherwise. So there's some differences. There's some quirks, but it's yeah, they're similar, very similar otherwise. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Um I know we've talked quite a, bit, a lot about TikTok and I think we could probably talk for another hour or so about it, but I think it's only fair that we also um, address Facebook ads as well, because after all, you are an expert in that field. Um, so it's there's obviously been a lot happening across Facebook ads over I mean, the last year or so, or even the last couple of years. Um, a lot of updates, for example. So we'd be quite keen to hear kind of what, what's been your your favorite update, I guess, of the, the last couple of years uh, across Facebook ads? Well, it's been a crazy year and a half, right? So um, with iOS, um, it was a little scary for everybody, I think including Facebook. I, I don't think Facebook knew what to do about it. 
um, when when all the iOS update stuff or uh, opt out stuff started happening, I feel like Facebook may have overreacted by taking stuff away that maybe they didn't need to take away. Um, but they're taking the conservative route, and um, so the, the I think the biggest news really over the last month or so is that they're starting to bring that stuff back. So 28 day click, one day attribution. I mean, basically the 28 day click is what's coming back is a huge uh, thing to bring back because I, I've long contended that it wasn't the opt outs that was a big deal uh, for iOS. Cause like you could have everybody opt in to, to tracking. You could maybe not even have anyone who is your customers uh, on an iOS device and you would still be significantly impacted by the changes because they got rid of 28 day click. Um, I mean that it's funny because previously we looked at, uh, Facebook advertising results and we're like, are these inflated? That seems like too many conversions. That's crazy. And then after this went down, everybody's like scrambling, trying to find where did the conversions go, trying to tie the results to, um, to what's actually happening in the real world. And so that 28 day click, especially for the more expensive product, it takes longer to make that decision to be able to start seeing those results again. You have to kind of dig to find them, but they're going to be there. It's huge. Uh, so that's a really big update. Uh, it's not being shown by default yet at this point. It's still seven day click, one day view. But that's a big one. Um, connected to that would be the tool that you need to use in order to view that, which is the compare attribution feature. That's really super important as well because you just need context in terms of uh, like if you do remarketing, if you ever feel like, oh, that's those numbers are inflated because of view through conversions. Well, we, we during the last year and a half, you couldn't see how many of those conversions were view through, which was insane. And now you can compare the attribution now. So you can add a column for view through, add a column for seven day click, add a column for 28 day click. And then there's the matter of being able to break down your conversions uh, for things like uh, placement and geography, age, gender, that kind of thing. That went away as well a year and a half ago. So it's nice to see those things come back. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that we've found. Obviously, we work with a lot of events-based clients. So some conferences can have a ticket price of like $2,000. And those kind of purchases don't happen in seven days. They they take a longer amount of time. So the last... 18 months or whatever it's been has been tough but yeah it's great to see that stuff coming back over the last month um and breakdowns as well losing them kind of yeah. overnight was um yeah a bit like thanos clicking his, his fingers with that kind of stuff and it, it's great to see that being reversed now yeah and honestly it's it's kind of curious that they're coming back right i mean um you, so you have to think of a little bit about okay what does facebook have planned because um, on one hand, we know that everything is getting <clears throat> mo- moving towards uh, being uh, more and more restricted, right? So whether it's iOS, probably other devices, you've got um, uh, various laws, privacy laws pop- popping up, um, browser settings going to effect, talking about the pixel, you know, kind of being phased out uh, potentially. So all that stuff's happening. Why would Facebook invest in the effort because it takes people, it takes resources to bring all these things back unless they thought it still had a future, um, even with all that stuff that's coming. So it is interesting. Like, I wonder if it's because of their machine learning getting better. 
uh, the modeling that's getting better, that they, they're just more confident in the data and they feel like, you know, regardless of opt-outs or whatnot, they know that they can do this. But I'll be curious to see, you know, what's coming. Because to me, that's, it's a sign that, that there's other stuff coming. What's your thoughts on that, Johnny? Yeah, curious. I mean, I think they, I think maybe they just misinterpreted how far they needed to go um yeah last april and they took it too far and i think they've now just yeah. realized yeah we didn't need to do that and i also think um and i'd love to get your thoughts on this as well now that they're trying to kind of go the the metaverse route do you think they're just trying to create a larger thing than just one platform that maybe they think we can have more control over this and then once if if people do kind of start using something like the metaverse um then they i don't know they kind of have more leeway to do what they want with things like if there's advertising in there things like attribution windows or collecting more data than they already can well i mean that's putting a huge bet that people are gonna start all signing up for the metaverse and using the metaverse, which I don't see that being widespread adoption for a while. If I don't know, we'll see. Um, that 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 would contribute all that significantly to you know attribution and whatnot. Um, that seems like something that's years into the future. Um, you know, beyond like a small percentage of users. But uh, I think you're right, though, in terms of like you know overreacting pulling stuff back they didn't need to is that I, I don't really, it doesn't really make a lot of sense when you think about it, right? Like, okay, so you've got these people who opted out of tracking. You know, Facebook knows that the results are going to be potentially incomplete for that group of people. Um, but I think as an advertiser, even if it's incomplete, let's just say all of your users are on iOS devices. Even if you're, even if it's incomplete, you still want to see whatever data you've got, right? So for those who opted in, make sure I still see that. Um, but you've got a large group of people, advertisers who, you know, a lot of their data had nothing to do with iOS and you're just throwing it out because of iOS opt-outs, right? So I, I agree. I, that just, that seemed odd that they thought that was necessary in the first place, but here we are. Great. Um, one thing I'd, I'm quite interested in hearing from more from just to kind of from my side because obviously I run the Google side so um, obviously as a business um, we run event marketing campaigns what I would be quite interested in hearing about would be kind of what would your approach be for a kind of paid social campaign within that industry itself I, I don't know if you've got any prior experience with it or not but we'd just be keen on our end to kind of hear um, hear your kind of approach or your suggested approach and see kind of if it matches kind of I guess what see, we're doing here basically see if I'm wrong I think <laughs> well look, I, I think you've got uh, potentially multiple phases of that my only uh, involvement with advertising for events would be at the event itself so I've like I've run ads while I was at an event to like get people to attend my session, for example. And like, you could do that, you know, kind of event wide, you know, promoting what's going on at the event too. And that's just all about location targeting, you know, within a very tight radius. Right. And, uh, you could potentially layer in some interest to see if that works, but, 
Um, yeah, that's that's an approach I took before. I mean, otherwise, it's like uh, it's all about you know building up excitement for for something. I, I don't look. Uh, social media marketing world is one that I think does a pretty good job. Um, I think that they, they build up excitement. They have that that whole price tier, like the every every I don't know, a month or so the price goes up and so being able to promote that uh you know to their social channels but also to people just generally who are interested in social media marketing um but uh beyond that it's gotta be a long tail because i think a lot of those those purchases are going to be outside of that seven day window maybe even outside 28 day in some cases but um whether are you building leads with that or how, how are you doing it yeah, basically, um, what we recommend is just a long campaign, a lot of data building, especially like we've yeah. we've spoken about already with potentially cookies disappearing. Obviously, we've lost a lot of visibility over the last few years, especially on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of focus on first party data now. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's very much the way forward. And it's going to benefit people if cookies do disappear in 2024 um like planned then building things like first party data is the way forward for not just campaigns that we're running right now but campaigns that we're running in maybe two years three years five years um and i think facebook linkedin as well they're such good platforms with the lead gen forms and things to build that data right look at I mean, building building your email list using those uh those forms within the platform that aren't impacted by you know any of the ios stuff or you know whatever is going to be website related in the future um utilizing offline uh conversions you know all those things uh i think you know people may need to you may need to have people sign up for uh uh, analytics, separate analytics, third-party analytics, like supermetrics, things like that, that kind of combine all that data uh, to get a fuller picture of what's going on. Um, but yeah, it's it's becoming a chore. Yeah, for sure. I think as well, um, just looking, if we just look back at kind of the last 12 months, so anything kind of, yeah, from January, so kind of ignoring last year's iOS debacle, um, mm-hmm. What has kind of surprised you the most, would you say, about the field of digital marketing in that last almost 12 months? Um, you know, I, I, I guess maybe I have some recency bias here, though. But uh, the fact that CPMs didn't spike this year during the holidays. Like, did, did you guys see a spike in CPM this, this year? Uh, not across social, really. I don't know if you did across um, Google either. I've not had as probably a detailed look as you guys, maybe, but um, maybe something I should look at. So, yeah, no, well, because I this kind of helps again that I've been I have a website that's like eleven years old. I used to write blog posts every year that oh, you should expect CPMs to triple, maybe even quadruple. I mean, they, so your costs are gonna be crazy just to reach people during this time of the year. And that was kind of what was expected initially. Uh, I know COVID kind of threw things out of whack a bit, um, but. Uh, there's a um, a resource called Within Within Marketing Pulse. I don't know if you've heard that before. So they basically have these uh, charts for performance and CPMs for all of their their clients. It's like five hundred million dollars in advertising or something. And at least using their charts, 
CPMs not only are down like 50% year over year compared to last year, you know, during the holidays, but just like not even year over year, they've been flat. I mean, for the last couple months. And that's just, to me, that's really weird. <laughs> I don't really know how to explain that. Like, I, I, I'm sure a lot of advertisers were getting, and maybe some advertisers were scared of getting in because they expected the spikes. But anyway, so that was Google, Facebook, Instagram, all three of those. Um, they're seeing that. But, um, sorry, so, I was just going to say, do you think that people's ad spend has kind of stabilized after COVID now? Or, like, do you think we're back to, 2019 levels of of ad spend and costs as well you know what i i don't have any definitive answer for that my guess is um they may have stabilized they're just not in the same place as it was in 2019 because i and that might help explain honestly the the facebook side of things i would i wouldn't be surprised well actually i think we know that, that there's less ad spend going into Facebook than there than there used to be, which could help explain that the CPMs, well, didn't go up the way they would normally. Um, so I think that generally advertising is happening at the same rates, but they're I think they're spreading out across platforms and not kind of buying in so much to, to Facebook the way they were. It's just harder to get the results uh, than it once was, and that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and sorry, I, I cut you off before you were, I think you were going to have another point about the last 12 months. Oh, you know, I mean, just overall, it's been, it's been challenging, you know? Uh, so what, finding, finding the conversions, you know, so before all this, the 28 day conversion came back, before compare attribution came back, um, it was it was just a pretty big struggle, you know. You have to use URL parameters, and Google Analytics, and maybe use like a Supermetrics tool or something. Trying to connect the dots, offline conversions. Um, I mean, I think that's been the the, uh, the using the APIs. I mean, that's been the biggest thing over the last year. That I'm gonna say surprising, but um, when you look back at you know 2022. Um, it's all about finding the conversion uh, that, that Facebook's not telling you about anymore. Great. Um, that's been really insightful hearing kind of your, I guess, your key shocking moments of 2022. <laughs> but I guess one last question before we, we kind of tie things up. Looking forward to 2023, what are you most excited about in 2023? And that can be, or let's hear from, let's hear both your kind of personal, personal, what are you excited about in 2023? And then, in the world of digital marketing, what what's exciting or what's coming up that you're excited about? Yeah, I mean, look, I think uh, look, it's probably won't be a surprise, but um, I just I'm curious where this is going with uh, with video, with short form video, um, and I I I hope all businesses are excited about it because they have to get involved in it. Um, but it's it's gonna be a matter of like, okay, what are the the new ad units they're gonna come for? What you know, what's Facebook gonna do with this? Um, just within, I think, I think a few days, I haven't seen anything official from Facebook, but just little changes like the fact that you can now select, at least I can, um, the, uh, reels and, um, uh, stories placements without selecting feeds. Like that's something that's completely new. So like there's an emphasis there now. It's like, oh, if you've got reels, you can promote those reels. Um, so, so we're heading in that, that direction, but 
this is going to be a whole discovery phase because I, I, again, I contend we, we have to look at marketing differently than we've looked at it in a long time in terms of measurement. Um, and there, I mean, there could be some new tools that come out like, oh, you know, you know, you've got people who have watched your videos, um, connecting that, th- that watch time to, to conversions, even if they never clicked anything to go to your website. I mean, you've got view through, but we're not talking about one day. Like, can we start connecting that somehow? Um, you know, I've got to imagine that that could be on there. It's going to have to be. It's just tough from a marketing uh, department's point of view. Like, why are we doing this? Show me, you know, the direct relationship, the ROI, as I say, to doing the videos. But I mean, and personally, look, this is uh, it's almost like starting a new business for me because um, of this new phase. Um, kind of seen a downturn in my business really since the, the COVID year through iOS and not, not adjusting during that time. And just being excited, kind of beginner's mind, uh, looking at all this stuff and attacking it. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. It's great. Um, well, listen, it's, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Um, it's been really like insightful chat from me anyway, hearing it from a kind of non- social side but um it'd be great to kind of just let um people know exactly where they can find you online as well just before we we finish up just so that um we can spread the word as as much as possible yeah i mean it depends where you're at but johnloomer.com uh is is my home base Uh, but you know at john loomer is where you can find me on instagram and tiktok and youtube um i do have a podcast uh the pubcast with john loomer and uh yeah i guess we start there they got plenty of free stuff information and we can worry about everything else power hitters club uh one-on-ones all that stuff later on but you check me out all those places great john it's been an absolute pleasure and uh we'll maybe have you on again further down the line but yeah all the best for 2023 when it comes and uh, we'll keep in touch Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. You bet. Thanks. Thanks, John. Cheers. Squadcast, the Tag Digital Podcast. Listen to the Squadcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.